Badgers, I hope you don't mind, but I've got a quick favour to ask. Fletch and I love recording this podcast. We're so grateful that you listen along, and we always love getting your feedback and your messages. But if you're willing to do just a little bit more to support us, there are a few things that would make a big difference. If you often listen but haven't yet subscribed, clicking the follow button would be one of them. Perhaps you could leave a review for us, or best of all, share the podcast with a friend. I'm sure most of you know a golf badger or two out there in the wild, someone who might enjoy the show. If you do, please consider sending it their way. They might seem like trivial things, but they all add up. So thank you, and without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, Badgers. Uh, I've got a very special guest this week, the most famous person ever to have lived in Norwich, and it's not Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's Adrian Mortram. Adrian, hello. Hello. How are you guys? Nice very to good, see you. very good. Always better to see your face. Always the smiliest person in tough. Well, smiley? I would say so. You think I'm smiley? We're uh, very privileged to yeah, yeah. have finally, after many months of, of trying, to have actually got Adrian to sit down with a microphone. In we have been badgering what, 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 for a while. Exactly. I, yeah. did, I said to my dear wife, Sarah, that I uh, you've been badgering me yep. for, for many, many years to, to sit in front of both of you, and here I am. No, so. delighted, because we were discussing earlier, but the, the, the podcast is quite greenkeeper heavy, and it's nice to have someone that's a, an industry expert in their field uh, and someone Spe- a bit different. Specialist. 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 Please. We see you as an expert, though. No, nobody's ever an expert. Everybody in life has always got something to learn every day of their life. But it just so happens most people are less of an expert than you. Specialist. No, no. <laughs> specialist you're talking to. You're not talking about the expert. Well, Adrian, why don't you tell us what exactly it is that you are a specialist okay. in? Um, well, um, I, we design irrigation systems. I've been designing irrigation systems for 25 years. Uh, we... Um, as a firm, we don't install. We just basically work out all the hydraulics, all the cabling, and produce master plans for people to implement with their irrigation systems. I've been doing it now for 25 years. I started off uh, my career. I, I didn't choose this path. That wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I, I left school wanting to be a hydro um, geologist um, or hydrologist. And um, this was in the days with A-level, still A-levels now. And I missed a grade, unfortunately. Um, that and it didn't enable me to head to Leeds University where I wanted to head, and so I, um, my father, who was uh, we'll talk about. I think you want to talk about my father maybe a little later. Um, he was a horticulturalist, but also worked in sports turf management, and he said, "Why don't you go and do a, a, a horticultural degree?" And that's essentially what I did, and and I travelled down um, to an agricultural college, as they were called then, and I did a horticultural degree. I'm delighted to hear that. I missed uh, a grade in, did you know that pledge? I missed a grade in my A-levels and ended up not doing medicine and ended up taking a circuitous route. Oh, I'm glad you missed that grade. So am I. I missed more than one grade. It's the <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the time when you're that age, you know, you, you, you sort of focus on something and you, you do oh, you miss that grade. you get shoehorned down you, the path. You do, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I, remem- I remember when that happened, I remember, you know, I, you, you go through what was clearing, I don't know yeah, the education yeah. process, maybe the same now, and in clearing, I, I, was, I was offered um, to go and do um, environmental science or something like that. And I knew it just didn't tick a box in my head. So when my father said, just go and do a horticultural degree, 
you know that'll give you some structure it'll give you the ability to process information it'll be the ability to, to, to write reports or whatever you want to call it and 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 that's basically what i did and and and, and to answer your question how i got into where i am doing irrigation design is that part luckily part of my degree i had to do a placement in industry so it, it wasn't just a straight three-year horticultural degree here's your, your bsc honors your, your, your two one your two two your, your whatever your first that's not how it's structured so i had to do a placement year in industry and again contacts life is all about contacts often it is not what you know yeah. it's who you know and my dad knew somebody who was an irrigation designer a gentleman called robin hume and i went to work for robin hume Hensley and Robin Hume still the name that you you carry just now. No, because Robin basically I um, so um, I went to work for a company called Turf Irrigation Services, which was which was probably the largest, well, one of the largest irrigation contractors in in the in, in the UK at the time. And Scottish uh, company. No, they had they had different re they had they had com com had a company in Scotland, they had a company in in, in the Midlands, and they had a company in mm. the, in the south. Um, and Robin was the, was the director of that. Is that still the TIS that we see today then? Yes, but yeah. they're, 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 no, they're no longer um, part. They're a separate business now. At the time, it was all a group of, a group of businesses. My understanding of it was, I was younger then, so I probably didn't know the structure of what it is, but I know they're a separate business today. And, and I, um, I uh, so went to work for him as, as, an, office, as an office junior, and they, they, they sent me out on site, and um, they sent me out to install irrigation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went onto a project, and uh, uh, it quickly became apparent that um, Adrian wasn't the greatest with his hands, but actually <laughs> something between his ears functioned reasonably could, well. Could and with a tape I measure and a trundle <laughs> wheel. Well, exactly, and I was fine with that. So mm -hmm. I ended up becoming more, doing more the site management, so the, more the administration um, of the project and valuations and valuation certificates. And then in, fa in fairness to Robin, he then, I came back and he said, would I like to learn about design? I didn't know what irrigation design was, and I said, yeah, I would. And can you remember the early courses you worked on, the first ones that you ever worked on, still um, to this day? We, yeah, I can. We, we, we worked at places, we, you know, as a business. So, 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 so Robin had a, then had a consultancy called Robin Hume Associates, which you alluded to earlier, James. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, when you did the yeah. job for us. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So Robin Hume Associates was, was his business, was a small con irrigation design consultancy. And I carried forward that business and did carry forward that business for um, until literally, and it's still the same business now. It's just that I changed the company name about four, four years ago now mm -hmm. to, to Adrian Mortimer Associates, which is the business name you'll see in the marketplace today. Um, but the business has been incorporated since 1985, so it's quite a long-running business. Mm -hmm. So what was, you arrived at site in those early days um, in, in the business when you started to design the systems. Yeah. Uh, what typically would you be actually doing? Would you be inheriting... Uh, an irrigation system that had, you know, lived a life and was no longer fit to purpose, or, or or would you be taking on a site that had no irrigation, or maybe just a small amount? What what would your average project look like at the start? M most golf courses have had irrigation systems for for a lot longer than people may may may, may realise. You know, um, um, they've always had some form of watering system, as it, as it may well have been called. And, and that could have been an automatic pop-up system. If I go back into the into the in the nineties, it could have been a simple standpipe system just with hoses. Um, but uh, but the, a lot of irrigation systems in the, the Britain were installed in the seventies into the eighties. That was a big boom. Um, whether that was from I, I don't remember those days, but whether that was from the drought of seventy six that might have spurred the need for irrigation, you know. 
Now, obviously, that's what irrigation does. It's ability to apply supplemental water when it doesn't naturally fall from the sky to ensure you can ma maintain your turf in good quality. Um, so I think um, that we were not inheriting new brownfield sites, you know, in terms of golf courses that had no irrigation. Invariably, it was irrigation systems that were nearing the end of their life and needed a, an upgrade or a, or a renovation on those projects. And that's still the case today. You know, everything in life has a lifespan. Most irrigation systems have a lifespan of about 25 years, you know, depending on the maintenance level. Some can be longer, you know, um, but the turnover is probably every 20, 25 years. And that's something that people need to understand when they're investing in irrigation. They need to understand that they're not looking at a short-term investment with a mower for the next four or five years. They're looking at a 25 to 30-year investment. And you're, al you're almost at the point now when you put a new system in, you need to start thinking they're so expensive. I mean, you're talking seven figures quite often now, more often than not. Uh, and you really need to start thinking in the next 20 years. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. You know, I, th I think what what is... I'm you, you. You both know me. I'm, I'm. I'm a planner. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not one for you know. Can can you can you start today and can you finish in three days time? That's not Adrian Mortram. You know. I, I. I'm a great believer in spending the time, plan it properly, plan it out properly, and doing new designs. And that can take time. That isn't. That isn't a two or three week process. Um, and um, but you are correct. Unfortunately, the cost of irrigation it is a case nowadays really, and, and that that's what a golf clubs do unfortunately come up against they 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 they, they, they need that that they don't need that, 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 an irrigation is an important part of the maintenance infrastructure it's the most expensive part of your maintenance infrastructure you know you can't get away from that but because a lot of it's underground it's out of sight it's mm -hmm. out of mind and all we've got all you all members will see potentially is it's a bit of back plastic and a few green valve boxes they don't understand that the engineering under the ground the hydraulics the cabling you know the amount of pipe the amount of cable the amount of sprinklers where the water comes from you know once they don't understand that but probably doesn't naturally doesn't feature it's in their mindset. It's not in front of their faces. Exactly. It's not like a shiny new exactly. fairy mower or a sprayer. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's not the sexiest way to spend a million quid. Uh, uh, absolutely. And, and, and yes, you know, I would say that most golf courses, you know, that do, once you've done your new irrigation upgrade, I think they need to, you know, they need to have in the back of their mind that it has got a lifespan. Admittedly, it's 25 years. Mm -hmm. And therefore putting some money aside to... to you know, budgeting in a way, Plan but budget, planning and budgeting for the up another upgrades is really important. You've more chance in twenty five years' time it's going to be one and a half million or even two. You've you've got more chance of saving for two million quid in twenty five years than you do getting it passed twenty five years later without even talked about it. You know, we it's the same at Hoylake. I've kind of. Uh, the system there, Adrian, you you designed that last system, didn't you, Hoylake? It's, it's probably 17 years old now, I think. Yeah. So we were looking at uh, another eight years, possibly, looking, and it's about the time now we really need to start talking about things. So this is why we've brought you here today, Adrian. <laughs> so <laughs> surprise, I, surprise. Right. We're putting I, I, a spreadsheet I, I, in front of you. Bringing a contract out. So, so I'm, I'm designing the new system of Hoylake, though. <laughs> <laughs> and have I got to do it in the next 20 minutes? It depends minutes. if you behave. You might need to roll back on that one, Bled. We'll edit that out. Adrian, I'd like to ask um how the irrigation systems have sort of changed through the years then and obviously i have a an interest on it from one side from an architecture side and i sort of think how fairway widths and green sizes and a lot of the things that we have noticed as a as an industry gets or as a you know part of the industry get smaller through the years and and i wonder how those things tie into irrigation systems and whether that's something you think about do you notice a trend in in, in sprinkler uh, placement no, so so when when if we go back 25 years or when we when designs were put forward 
there is an argument that whilst it was an irrigation system, often it was a watering system, uh, and 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 um, it was it there was you know obviously the designs were prepared and the hydraulics were calculated properly, but but you know it, it was more a case of um, you know we need to water the surfaces, the playing surfaces, and and that that's obviously in golf as well, but um, and that can be other surfaces as well, but but it was a case of well we'll use um, you know a lot of full circle sprinklers that we're, 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 we're wasting a lot of water into areas that don't need irrigating. So that, that is the, one of the biggest changes. It was a case of we need to water the fairway. If we put a little bit of water onto the roof or, 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 or we, we, we throw water into the roof, the side of each of the walkway or whatever, that, that wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say it wasn't considered, but it certainly wasn't considered as much as, much as it is today. So now the big change in irrigation design is, 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 is target-specific irrigation, and that needs more sprinklers. It's a bit more careful planning, and because you, you're going to, you want to give the the operator, the course manager, his team, the ability to target water specifically to where he wants it, rather than wasting water, you know, in large quantities in areas that don't necessarily need irrigation. And that is the made one of the major changes I've seen in the irrigation design is target specific irrigation, and 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 not doing full circle irrigation on fairways. It could be double row with tails. It could be triple row or whatever, so that we're targeting water to the playing surfaces rather than the surfaces that don't need water. And do you find a lot of people request your services for an ecological point of view uh, to bring you back in to redesign certain areas to, to save water? Is that quite a big yeah, thing yeah, in people's I, checklist? Yeah, we we are. I mean, some some so some of the systems, you know, we we, we well, a, a, a good example would be where we're work, working at Royal County down this winter, like you, what don't you both aware? Um, and their their original system was was a traditional double row on the fairways, a lot of full circle heads. So 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 naturally, that's that was the design philosophy at the time. A lot of water was wasted into the rough areas, into areas that really don't need to be in the water volume. So so the system that's going to be developed there now is going to use a lot of part circle heads with tails targeting water onto the surfaces, the fairways, fiddle a bit a bit on the semi rough, but not focusing too much water on onto onto the rougher areas where you've got your natural flowers where you've got your flora and fauna where you've got your heather or whatever it's going to be now of course you're always going to get some overthrow a bit of wind from the west a bit of wind from the east and no sprinkler can offset that but that's where a lot of golf courses are looking is to ensure that we can use that water valuably on the areas that need it rather than <coughs> on the areas that don't so has Royal County Down been a complete repipe job then? So I'm taking it you've gone from a uh, double pipe up the left and the right of the fairway to to one up the middle and one so, either so, side. So thank thankfully, um, you know, the, the the infrastructure Royal County Down was was um was was, was good in, good good infrastructure. You know, the original design was a good design. It was designed by by a very very good ir irrigation design firm at the time, and so the spacings were good and and the pipe quality was good so what we've what we've managed to do there because of the width of the fairways on this project we've actually managed to reuse a lot of the, the, the sprinkler positions and just adapt it where fairway widths have slightly changed or whether you might need a sprinkler a bunker or some of the surround irrigation because again the other change is that 20 25 years ago back to back you see which is two sprinklers side by side on a green the industry terminology is back to back um you th that was not necessarily thought of um, and that's that's actually come from USGA greens in a way mm -hmm. where they've got different different sort of um, root zone materials. So so that's coming to a lot of Lynx courses as well and and, and Parkland courses. And uh, much need for many of the Lynx guys uh, request bunker bunker irrigation to stop blow. Is that much of something you've um, been asked for? Yeah, something yes, I'm kind we of have. Yes, thinking we have. about a lot of these days. 
Yeah, so so yes, we have. So a county down is a good example. County down have have a lot of naturalized bunkers, but they do get a lot of sand below, and that can move a lot of a lot of sand out of the bunkers. So we have put specific sprinklers at Royal County Down to to um, ensure that that can limit some of the sand below out of out of the bunkers. Um, I I guess the question that I was sort of um, getting out with the change in the architecture of, uh, and the uh, the irrigation systems is quite comfortably before your time in the industry adrian and i'm thinking i remember seeing i might completely have misremembered this but i think herbert fowler when he went over to california in the source of 20s had a put himself about and part of his selling point was uh irrigation and 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 water systems then i don't know whether you've seen uh seen any of those when they first started uh, coming coming about in in the wider world as as irrigation systems, but I suppose it would be more in the period before the seventies when would would a, an early day of irrigation system in the UK have been a single line of heads down the centre of a fairway with a big spray, a three sixty kind um, of head. Potentially, yes. The honest answer I can't remember because I've probably not seen any. I do know if I look at older systems. So I do know when when the the uh, the, the Lynx Trust at St Andrews was was, up, was initially upgraded in 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 sort of mid to or late nineties, should we say? Um, you know, there they had PVC was their pipework network, but underneath that course there was still the old cast iron infrastructure. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, cast iron infrastructure that would have been. The, the 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 preceding irrigation system yeah. prior to the the one that used PVC and now the one that used polyethylene and and I and I, I can always remember a story when I I did a did a project at Cruden Bay and I often get asked to do um talk to um to membership to explain why we're doing and what we're doing that for and I can remember once and, and often you get you you you're going to get interesting questions from the audience. So some can be positive, some can be negative. Those that have done those sort of presentations will realise what mm. you're going to get. And 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 I can always remember a gentleman standing up, um, basically um, saying to myself that um, he felt that was the best sales presentation he's ever heard for an irrigation <laughs> system. Un until Adrian pointed out, well, actually, I'm just the designer. I'm going to make no profit out of whether you set, put the pipe in and put the sprinklers in or wherever it's going to be. I've, I've, I've provided you with a design one hopes you'll implement, um, and that would obviously benefit the longevity of the golf course. And and he stood up, and then and then and then he quietly sat down after after I'd answered that question. And, and and an older gentleman in the room who obviously had some standing within the golf club um, stood up, and 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 everyone went quiet and looked looked to this gentleman, and and he and he spoke in a, in a very soft Scottish voice, and he turned around to everyone in the audience, and he basically said that uh, ladies and gentlemen look this would be the fourth irrigation or third irrigation system i've seen going into um, um, cruden bay you know in in the time that he'd been a member of the golf club so what we're talking about today is not something new for us as a golf club and 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 i'll always remember that that was brilliant because you know he basically brought into perspective what this one particular individual was trying to say well actually why are we wasting money on something we, we don't really need and never really had and he was saying well you've had mm. one for so many years mm -hmm. this is by the third or fourth and we really need it and 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 he was absolutely correct yeah absolutely correct it's, it's a no-brainer i mean <clears throat> we were you're talking about the kind of cycles through the different materials even we dug, we dug a path up the other day and going through it we didn't have any of the old plans and we went through cast iron mbp 
and then the PVC is just beyond that. So I mean, Hoylix had must have had stand sprinklers with cast iron uh, beside the greens and tees for for yonks, you know. It's the point I'm getting at because if you look at old sorts of designs of fairways, greens, whatever it may be, um, from that golden era in the twenties and uh, between the wars uh, as well. And you, you see fairways that had shape and character and mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. width, real serious width. Uh, you know, it could be 100 yards wide in, in, in places, but it would vary. It wouldn't be 100 yards wide the entire length. It wouldn't be a straight line. Uh, it would meander. And, and I always wonder how, when irrigation did start to proliferate round and become relatively mainstream, if you were going to end up with one line down the center that sprayed it, the, mm-hmm. you know, okay, wind, wind is going to skew it one way or another, but on a calm day, uh, a relatively equal distance. Now you see so many courses that the architecture is defined and in certain cases limited by an old sprinkler system, you know, the size of the greens, you might yeah. say. The greens are this size, and the the where there's I, the sprinklers are. I, I, I know examples. I can tell you numerous examples where I I I know that um that 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 the shape of a green has been dictated uh, by actually the fact that a sprinkler is on the front left or the back left. Where if you look at the uh, traditional architecture, and, and those that have got a keen eye for that will realise, well, actually that green probably w- w- went out to the left or the or the front 100%. right, and and naturally, naturally the irrigation state. And 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 in fairness, we've worked with architects and um, where we've adapted greens have been adapted to suit and, o- and often now on projects. Um, in, in, in funnily enough, actually when we did when we did the the the, the Portland course at Raw Troon, um, that they knew that some of the original greens were, were bigger than than actually what what the shapes were today, and we actually looked at the traditional shape of the green, and then we worked with the architect and worked with the golf club at Troon to actually ensure that the irrigation sprinklers were in positions that wouldn't impede that green being moved back to its original position. But that's uh, you know people know me. I'm a great believer in working the team, and that's a that's a team thing. Working with the architect, working with the golf club, working with the course management. Of team. course. Mm-hmm. No, speaking from personal experience, Adrian, you be. <clears throat> you were advised. You were kind of recommended to me by someone. I can't remember who it would have been. Might have been. Might have been Strutty. And we did the uh, Royal Sinkports job together. We did. And I remember uh, playing Carnoustie and coming back and phoning you and saying, Adrian, we need to rip up these designs and start again because I've just played Carnoustie and I'd, we had loads of ideas about opening stuff up and moving green uh, heads around greens and especially the flows and. The green, the green to tea transition. Yes, to exactly. Is yeah, still yeah. the best. Well, that was money. what we. That was really what we wanted to achieve, didn't we? And we did it. Yeah. We did it really well. And you were very patient through it, and uh, went out with a tape measure every night with you, and uh, we measured everything out. And I, 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 I learned a lot from that. It was a great experience. I, I think you got to remember, an irrigation system is just a tool. It's a tool for you to use. It doesn't have to be turned on. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of sometimes people forget it, that, it, a mistake it, it, with it, people it, using it too much. Absolutely, but. and it's, it's historically that happened. So, yeah, so, sure. so irrigation, you m- both probably know, irrigation did get some bad press if we, if we go back maybe 20, 25 years on the fact that well, that you know the fact that over irrigation had 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 detrimental mm-hmm. effects on some of our traditional golf courses, and there's no getting away from it. That that's absolutely. the truth. But but I, I think the reason that happened. Was in fairness to the to the individuals who who designed it and installed the irrigation system. That's not necessarily their issue. A lot of the issues were the education in the industry wasn't what it is today. Mm-hmm. 
the control systems were pretty basic uh, and they were, were time-based. And, and naturally, because that's what technology was, trying to alter the original schedule that the, the, that the contractor had put in correctly you know, was, was more difficult. There wasn't the flexibility and therefore they got turned on and turned off over application in areas which could have been quite common and that will affect that affected the the sort of perception within the industry of what irrigation is those days i are gone now because mm. we've got we have so much yeah. with, with the software we've yeah. got I mean, we had the old yeah. watermation click 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 box in the wall and now we're looking at uh, heads where you can adjust the trajectory you can water to millimeters time seconds even now where it used to be minutes uh, we have got. I mean, well, what are the main sizes. what are the main differences that you've seen? I, I'm imagining, obviously, the software is enormous, but the hardware as well must have um, the, the changed cha- to some degree. The changes are um, in, in 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 technology within the heads. So that, so 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 um, historically. Well, when when I first started off, they, they were they, they were still available. They were being phased out. So uh, people have heard the per- term in, impact sprinklers. Okay, they 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 were there, and some of you would have seen that on all the golf courses. I'm pretty sure Nelly's yeah. still got Impact Drive at Solness. Yes, uh, I'm pretty sure he has. And, so and what what were the different? What what would that look like for the guys who are listening? So, to this so an Impact Drive sprinkler would would essentially sort of things you probably see nowadays in agriculture. They'll go tick 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 tick, yeah. and they've got a little spring as they rotate. Okay. Um, um, they were quite the traditional type of, of, of sprinkler, and they, they were spring loaded. There was there was a, a and there's a I don't actually know to be fair exactly the mechanics how they work. Well, they, um, they, they, they work. I'm pretty sure it's well. It's a water jet, isn't it? Yeah. That hits the paddle. Yes, that's right. And with the pressure of the that's water correct. jet, that's yeah. paddles that's a spring, and that's what makes and, it rotate. And that would be a very long kind of spray no, at high no, pressure. No, it's similar. Similar. They say so. The, the no, that you still have nozzles. Often nozzles were, were brass nozzles. And 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 they were good. They were good sprinklers if they were installed properly, and they were looked after and maintained properly. They were good, good sprinklers. Um, and and I mean, it's that sort of when I started the industry, they were still there, but they were we were t- the, the gear-driven sprinklers. So the difference is, you had the impact drive sprinklers. Now nowadays we have gear-driven sprinklers. Um, uh, and nowadays you even got turbine sprinklers. But gear-driven sprinklers are what you'll hear people refer to. So when I really started designing. It was it was gear driven sprinklers that that, that that was in 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 into the marketplace more than impact drive sprinklers. So therefore, my knowledge of gear driv- of impact, shall I say, is not as strong as it should be. But so so gear driven sprinklers was the technological move. Then um, we had nozzles. I'm sorry I, I, yeah. for my me as a complete uh, you know novice on all this front. What what would be the difference then in the gear driven sprinkler? How how does that sort of so, so, so essentially, in, in, in the bottom of a gear-driven sprinkler, there, there is a stator, okay? And, uh, and as, w- as water hits that stator, all right, that turns as far as, again, one should know as a designer, but you don't know the intricacy, you need to be an irrigation manufacturer, really. That, that then turns, so the, as a stator moves, that then turns a series of gears within the, within the drive assembly that enables the sprinkler to rotate. Some, some, some of the manufacturers will berate me for saying that because they, but they probably know more than I do. I just know how to design with them and work with them. So but that means they can be set specific um, um, ranges more accurately. No, 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 because speed you, speed of turn, speed of, speed size of turn, a different yeah. size of steer. Yeah, correct. Uh, but also, um, you know, the, the gear driven sprinklers still had so the impact ice sprinklers still had nozzles, ranges of nozzles. But nowadays, gear, gear driven is, is a smoother application of water. So you get you get more even coverage with a okay. gear-driven sprinkler, and that's mm. probably why the industry now that the industry moved that way 25 years ago. So you ask me the changes I've seen. 
the changes I've seen is historically you, you could either have a sprinkle that was full circle, 360 degrees, or you could have a sprinkle that was adjustable part circle, either or. And many courses would still have that today. The, the modern generation of sprinklers now, in the one in the one sprinkler in the, or the one rotor, you can either have full or adjustable part circle. So you, you so you so built into the drive assembly, you have the capability of what two sprinklers two different sprinklers were achieved in the past. And do you find yourself there's a, a big need to keep up with technology? So uh, when Harrogate comes around, you'll be on the, the Toro stand or the Rainbird stand or the Hunter stand or Pero. Uh, the truth? Discussing them or what they're bringing out? The, the truth is yes. Mm. The truth is, do, do we as designers do, in my opinion, as much as we should do? Probably not. Well, you don't... Um, um, you don't advise on what you're happy no. for anyone to put in anything and I've seen that firsthand. hand you, you wouldn't have given a toss whether we went Rainbird or, or Toro so it's it's more you would spec it up in fact you spec our design up to go with Toro and you spec it up to go with Rainbird and then you walk away yeah I, I think if, you know I think if I was honest my detailed knowledge of the workings of a sprinkler is, is probably inadequate I know what I want it to do, mm-hmm. and I know I know how to design with it and make sure I get the right flow and the right pressure to make make that product work correctly. But if you were to ask me as an irrigation designer, did I know the intricacies of an of of of, of, of a gear driven rotor and how it works and the mechanics of it? Probably the truthful answer is no. But that's I, the collegiate approach, and and that's um that's that's someone else's part of the team. I, 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 absolutely, yeah. I I, I recognise that that's I recognise that you know we're, we're you know and and I. You know, the, I think all my, the manufacturers say that about me. You know, I work with them and, and and work with them, and I lose their data if I don't know something. I'm happy to pick up the phone and ask the questions, but I I can make you know as designers, it's our it's our job, in my opinion, to people say you use water sustainably nowadays. I actually think the word responsible should be should actually be used rather than sustainable. I think I think as irrigation designers, it's our responsibility to ensure water is used wisely. Because they're certainly they're certainly chalking it down. You know, the Environment Agency wants us to use less and less. So then that's why we we kind of look to guys like you to make sure our our, our systems are set up uh, the way they should be in the, the most kind of economical way. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, making sure that you can apply only the quantities of water that areas of your turf turf need. Mm-hmm. So, so so that 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 you know, so uh, I know uh, if, if that if the diff if the soil structure is slightly different, you got heavier soil that might need less moisture. If you have got a sandier part of the surface, it might need more moisture. And particularly nowadays, people as you know yourselves, you're using a lot more moisture moisture meters, yep. moisture probes, and that sort of stuff. So irrigation scheduling has changed massively in that direction as well. When I first started, that they weren't they were available, but they weren't really used heavily. Now, scheduling irrigation is as much well. Actually, I'm going to physically, you know see what the moisture levels are and I can target an individual sprinkler to just apply a little bit more water than the one the one next to it mm-hmm. or the one opposite it just to try and even out the application. Adrian, it's a full-time job. Can, can I ask then, because uh, the obvious question that, that comes from Matt is how does what you do tie in with drainage as well? Because if you're managing water holistically across the site over a 12-month period, there are times when there is too much water on the site and getting it away is the greenkeeper's greatest issue and mm-hmm. then there are other times where there isn't enough water on the site and you go for a dry summer and the irrigation system does need to be turned so, on so, so i mean in my career i i, I my, my wife chuckles when when people um you, you say you're an irrigation designer 
and and people will say oh you need to come to my golf course the the the, the we get puddles everywhere and it floods every year and then she has to carefully explain to them that actually my husband puts water on he doesn't take water away that's in drainage so 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 but so i um i would on projects we worked in the past we've always worked with a drainage designer or a drainage consultant who's that's their specialist and i'm also a believer that you know i i, I have a skill set in a certain area if i don't have a skill set in an area i will be honest and truthful with people and my clients and explain that you need expertise in that other area to help to help you to develop that rather than you know sitting there and basically lying and saying well, i can do this for you when in reality i might know the mechanics of how it works you know what get somebody else who does it day in day out who's that's their job get it done properly and professionally do you do you think that it might be a, a trend or have you seen a trend um forming though where that sort of closing the circle kind of approach of um where the water comes from as the source for the irrigation system that you design part of that can be recycled from yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm more and more and more on that nowadays. Yeah, more, more and more now we're looking at, um, you know, areas. Well, well, there's certain consultants that would be good at that. You know, I, I can explain how much water I think, you know, how much water you may need for the irrigation, but other people can help source it and also remove it and store it and design storage facilities and that sort of stuff. And, and that's you're, you're going to see a change in that, in, 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 particularly in the UK, in the British market, and I think around the world, you're going to see a change in, in people wanting audits on on their water availability you know and and how how they can then abstract that water how then they can store it store it um, um, carefully um and then that's when but then our, our role in that is to make sure that that water that somebody's carefully collected is applied accurately and evenly so we're the delivery side yeah. we're not necessarily the collection side of that makes you could bet your bottom dollar that this autumn winter every golf course in britain would have been able to farm enough drainage water to supply their golf course well, that, next that's summer. exactly that's exactly the point in closing the circle on it you know if mm, we talk about the water sustainability cycle, definitely yeah. but it's we're talking i mean you know the troubles we have you know finding somewhere to do it having the finances to to have a drainage system that's so big well, to capture Adrian, you're probably the per perfect person to to ask ha um i know this is of course you, you know not exactly your 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 thing so forgive me if it, if if it's if it, if it's outside of your wheelhouse but how many clients in your source of experience are on a borehole or or do have a reservoir or are still on mains water because it seems far more are still on mains water and probably susceptible to yeah. future scarcity issues than there you are, might there are, there are a lot of, expect there are, there are a lot of small system small scale systems in the UK um that still would rely on on mains potable water and and i you know i i, I don't i can't guarantee but i know the use of that water is going to be more and more restricted uh, oh, in particular in forthcoming years so the, the 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 issue you've got then is you can't just drill a hole in the ground and and, and there have a borehole you know there's a there's regulatory processes to follow to make sure that's correct so um but you know th those sort of clients you know, are going to have to look at alternative sources of water. Um, but you know, a lot of golf courses in urban areas, they they haven't got the mm. the, the land mass to to put in a an eight or ten thousand cubic meter reservoir to store enough water to see them through a small little greens and teas and approach system through the summer. So, well, well, if they haven't, they they may have to find that area or work with a way, work around a way of achieving that. Um, you must uh, have had some fun and games with clients wanting you to go and design them a system, and they don't even have a 
a sustainable uh, or consistent source. source of water or a source full stop. Have you had many clients that have no. that have come to you wanting you design a system and then you're like, where's your water? In, and they're like, no, well. In, no, invariably, I'll, um, I will always start a process by asking about First water. question. Yeah. yeah, I'll always say, where, what's your water source? Where's your water coming from? Um, and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, then they may, then they'll turn around to you as a designer and say, how much water do we need? And and whilst I can estimate mm. what, I, what I believe they're going to need based on experience, I, I always would prefer to do the maths and, 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 and work, work up the figures to get a more of an accurate figure. But that's just me as an individual and that's what we would rather do as a firm. Um, but, once you've given, once you've worked out what they need, then I will basically say, well, look, can, can your can your resources or your sources serve that volume of water? And and if the answer is no, I will I will carefully and clearly say, well, there's no point in pursuing your aspiration if you haven't got the water. You know, you 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 you, you, yeah. you because you, you 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 can put a lot of a large infrastructure in with full fairways knowing that actually you, you, you can't use that infrastructure. And yeah. I, I morally, I don't think that's correct. You can have I, the best I, sprinklers in the world, but yeah. if there's no water flowing through them, what's Absolutely. the Absolutely. So, th so I think the two come in hand in hand. The other thing that people often forget in irrigation design is power. People forget about power. People always talk about water. They always talk about water availability. But you, we need power to drive our pumps um, and that side of things. So so a lot of... I mean, golf electricity course, has tripled yeah, the prices yeah, where well, it was well, last well, year. Well, yeah. well, exactly. So, so, so I think power is... Um, Something you should also consider when you're designing an irrigation system. You know, if, if a pump set is a certain needs a certain capacity, yet the client's only got a single phase supply coming in, then you know that would be the limiting factor. That would be a limiting factor. I, either that, or you have to talk to the client and work with them. Just can they source a three phase supply that's suitable for what they want? What they want to do? I've got clients at the moment that are working on that premise. I can remember when we were down at Sink Ports. Yeah, so a split yeah, phase at yeah, Sink Ports, yeah, yeah, which was a correct, shocker, but. Correct. I mean, the genius that is Adrian Abbott and, and Jim Price managed to uh, put something together that made it work, you know. But he, we, we installed otter binds there to, to stop algae forming in the, right. in the reservoirs. I mean, they, the, the price they uh, and the cost of, 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 of running them now is just Very scary. Expensive. It's petrifying. And I, th I just think you've got to be honest. Place the facts in front of your clients. Um, explain the reasoning. I do believe it's our role to recommend as well. I do believe that's our role. Um, um, but I think you should give people options. And as long as you carefully explain yourself, then people can make informed choices. If yeah. you, it's going in there and saying, this is what you need. This is what you definitely got to do. Take it or leave it. That's not. I always obsess on the, the why. You know, if you can't explain why you should be doing something, but as soon as you can sort of elucidate the rationale behind it, it's amazing then how often people if they can understand it, yeah. we'll, we'll accept it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering, this is a bit of a nerdy question, but if you accept that there are different water sources available for a system, and that could be something that's come in a reservoir or something that could come in a spring or something that is, you know, potable mains water, does the different type of water and perhaps the different locations around the country and, you know, how much calcium or how much sorts of deposits are, are, are in it do, do they have an impact on how you would design a, no, a system water quality is important very very important um and you should consider water quality as much for turf quality actually as 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 the irrigation system itself um iron iron is 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 can be an issue iron um 
build up in pipes and in sprinklers can can cause issues with 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 with, with the pilot valves and the solar and solar valving systems you see a lot of that in in, in areas of the country you can see that in the west of ireland you can even see it in, in parts of parts of the uk where where iron is an issue um, and rem unfortunately iron removal is 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 often a costly and complicated yeah. way way forward however does that mean you still can't run an irrigation system if you've got a high iron content no you just don't understand that there's going to be some limitations and you may get some sprinklers that stick up or whatever it's going to be so is it advisable possibly not but sometimes if that's all you've got to work with you know better than the alternative better the alternative and cleanliness as well of the cleanliness of the water would kind of influence the fact that you might want to put uh, filters, Y filters, or inline filters, and in, in yeah. valve boxes, or at the pump set, or and, and again, filtration, filtration is something I've seen more and more of in irrigation systems than it, than I did 20, 25 years ago. You, know, you get a lot more, you see a lot more centrifugal filters used um, um, to to, you know, to remove fine particulates and that sort of stuff. Because the other thing, particles in the water will also over a period of time, uh, the, the nozzles in sprinklers, they're plastic, they're a hard plastic. But particle, particle like you know, it could be sands or whatever it's going to be, silica will erode the nozzles over time. So, moving on a little bit, could you know what kind of ratio your designs have been between new builds and redos? Do you have any new builds on your books just now that you're doing? Um, yes, I do. Yeah, we're doing two projects. We're working. We're doing working at um, Cabot. It's Cabot Highlands, former Castle oh, Stewart, right, okay. working up in Scotland on that. Uh, so that's in the new golf course, the that, Tom Doak that, course. That's my Doak course, okay. working there. Uh, we're also working... That must be cool. It is. Yeah, it is. Really good. Yeah, really interesting site. Really, really dynamic site. Um, I'd be, I would be lucky because that's a client. So as a firm, we we designed uh, the first golf course with Carl Phillips uh, when it was at, at Kings Barnes. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to know Stuart McComb very well. And actually, um, unfortunately, he's passed away now, Mark Parson. They were mm -hmm. good people. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were great people and they're really yeah. good people. And then when they when they developed Castle Stewart, they asked me as an individual, as a business, as an individual, really, as a small firm then, would we be interested in helping them pursue the first course with Castle Stewart, mm -hmm. which we were lucky to do. And then latterly, you know, again, relationships is the new the new course they build the dope course. I'm we're very excited to see that course, but it sounds like from talking to uh, Chris Aspel, who's obviously working on it alongside Clyde and, and the guys, um, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of turf on the on the site. That must be a big uh, system that they have there to uh, to manage. I, I th no, I, th I think they're wanting to. I don't think I know they want to provide a, a very naturalized product that maybe isn't universally um, uh, green from T2 green, if that makes sense. Mm. I, I, I think whilst whilst the irrigation is designed to um, ensure that the key playing surfaces are adequately irrigated, I actually don't think talking to them as a, as, as, as a client, as a design firm, I don't think they're particularly too worried about some areas off the fairways or slightly off the edge. If, if they were more of a, had a more of a naturalized look and actually, you know, I, I remember writing an article many, many years about saying brown is the new green. Basically what I was saying there is do we have to have green golf courses? Is, is there any problem with golf courses mm. whose colour? Is colour, I suppose what I was trying to say in that article years ago, is colour an important factor? Why do we look at colour? You know, turf, turf can be of a high quality if it isn't looking verdant yeah, green. Preaching to the converted oh, on yeah. my side here, 2006 <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Tiger at Hoylake is uh, still my but, gold but, standard. But, but, but conversely, if you haven't got a watering system to ensure 
that once it's got to a position, the turf's got to a position where it's going to fall off the edge, that's when you need a watering system to be able to keep it, just mm-hmm. keep it alive and keep it ticking I mean, over. you would still be watering brown turf a couple of times a week, you know. Yeah, it's not going to go, it's not going to change I mean, twice a week, you know. That's your, your forte mm. far more than I, James, you know what I mean? But I just know that... Um, I don't think they ever think, and, and I think that I think that I believe that's the sort of product they want to develop up at Doak, uh, the Doak course. Don't don't quote me on it. Well, that's just after I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so, how, how did you then? You, you start as a trainee in in, in the firm and, and and move through. So, how did those? Um, how did you decide that that is exactly what you wanted to do, and and then it's evolved into where you are now, which is probably one of the the busiest. Uh, consultants <laughs> certainly in that's this country that's what everyone says um i how did i how did, what developed that i i like the outdoors we'll talk about it later i'm sure i i i i spent a lot of time as a child in the outdoors and that's a passion of mine okay and, and always will be that's what that's what makes me tick you know i, I do presentations now i do presentations and i, I i've learned that some people like to get with inside Adrian Mortram, not just the irrigation designer. So I show pictures of me climbing or mountaineering or skiing, what it's going to be. But that's penguins. the other side. Or penguins. We'll talk about penguins. You want, we'll you want to, to talk that. about these penguins a little bit later. We'll talk about penguins later. Right. So so to, to answer your question, um, um, it, it essentially, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I believe as irrigation designers, we're lucky. And I, and I think... The, the the golf world in general you know i i can i i can spend time in the outdoors and i can also spend time behind my desk and to me that's a very job satisfaction that way it's really really important for me and and i i i have a wonderful job where i travel and i can spend time outdoors with great people and i can also spend time indoors you know at times so it's, it's a good mix really so i knew that that ticked the box um but also very 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 early on i was offered um it got the um, the gentleman we talked about, Robin, Robin Hume, he 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 wanted to retire and 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 and, and slow down, and 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 you know I I look back and he he basically said to me, look, would you be interested in in taking over the business as a going concern? And and and, and I was 29 at the time, you know, I wasn't 49, 50 like I am now, and uh, I was young. I just bought my first house, and and and. Uh, I remember, you know, you, when you're young, you, those sort of decisions, you don't necessarily process them as detailed as you do nowadays when you get older. So I made a very, not quick decision. I thought about it a lot and thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. So, so once I'd taken that role from, from basically being an employee to effectively moving to, to a business owner and an employer, um, you know, I, I suppose that, that also um, sort of put my stamp on that's what Adrian's going to do. You know, Adrian's going to be interested in doing um, and that's what I did, and and then Robin continued to work for me for for, me, for many many years thereafter until he fully retired, and, and and I carried on the business. And that gave you a portfolio of clients from day one, really, I it, suppose. It, yeah, it did. It did. You know, we we, we started off. We you know we, you talk in bright in, in life. It's you know lucky breaks. I hate. I mean, I I do believe sometimes you make your own luck. I think you have to, you make your own luck, um, um, within reason, um, but. I was given, you know, St Andrews. So we, we had a phone call from St Andrews. This was in the late nineties, and that was a big project for us as a business. And um, I was basically asked to go up there and be the person on the ground. Wow. You know? So, so I, when they installed all their six courses, I was up there as a junior, and that's really where I carved my craft working up there. And at the time, I have to say, truthfully, I didn't appreciate where I was. 
I didn't appreciate what St Andrews is. I do now. Probably a good thing. You might have been overawed uh, otherwise. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Uh, I didn't appreciate where, where I was working. Um, look, I, I worked very hard and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a great time. Not appreciate is the wrong word. I love the place and the people there. And I've got some really good friends who, who if they listen to this, will know who I'm talking about. You know, And they've been good friends for many, many years and always will be. But uh, in terms of the standing of the place in the world of golf... I probably was an individual at the time, mainly because I wasn't necessarily a golfer, although I did play golf um, before I went to university, um, didn't necessarily, didn't click in my Adrian's brain. Um, How interesting. And then that just sort of one thing led to another and, and it grew and grew. Yeah, it from, did. It did. Yeah, it did. And we, we I, we, um, yeah, I, I at, at times uh, with the business, we ex- I expanded the business um, at times. Abroad? Uh, yeah. Many courses I, I, abroad? Yeah, I, I, um, Yes, yeah, we have. Yeah, we've worked um, since, you know, in, if I've, I've worked everywhere from, you know, we've, I've worked in Cambodia, I've worked in Vietnam, I've worked um, all over the Middle East as, 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 as the person, you know, um, as, as, you know, I, I, you know, I'll be open about it. I met my wife later in life. So in my 30s, Adrian travelled, you know, and, and I also did my hobbies and my mountaineering. So, you know, I, 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 I remember we did the first green golf course in Muscat, irrigated the first green golf course in Muscat, probably in the mid-2000s, mid, mid hmm. and then... Since then, I've worked everywhere from um, Qatar through to, you know, I've worked in Kuwait. Uh, you know, you, you should have a pin board <laughs> of like <laughs> a map, you know, that in your office. Yeah. That would be fascinating, you know, a, a British one and then a European and, one. And, and I've also found that the old cliche travel broadens the mind. It does, yeah. you know, and, 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 and you see things on the, t- what you also things on the t- things on the television and you see things happening in other parts of the world that, I don't want to speak out of turn here, but certain people, in my opinion, will make an un- uneducated decision on what's going on there. Well, actually, if you know the dynamics and the economics and you know how things work in that particular part of the world, then you can you can actually have a more of a reasoned understanding, in my opinion, of where of where it goes. And, and travellers help me do that. You know, you see some of the things in the Middle East, you see some of the things in other parts of the world, and you can think, I get that. I, I, can, I can understand that because I've actually been lucky to spend time over there in my career as well. Does the culture of how uh, certain parts of the world, especially more arid parts of the world and places where, you know, typically many parts of the world would not accept brown as the new green, you know, they accept green as the as the new green and, and the greener the better. Um, do you find that how you would approach uh, designing an irrigation system in certain parts of the world would differ to how you might do it in in Britain, or is it exactly the same no, principle? The, fun, the fundamentals are the same. The fun, the fundamental the same is you, you want you want um, uh, good distribution of water, and you want to ensure that your sprinkler spacings are uniform, and to ensure you get the good a good pressure at the sprinkler and have sufficient water and sufficient power to deliver it in the right pipe size and right control system. So the fundamentals are the same. Um, it, it, it's what you find in, in more in more um, um, arid climates is the margin for error is 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 virtually zero. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can remember when we uh, when the course we did in in Muscat, um, which the first green course in Muscat, I can remember where we had one sprinkler that wasn't working for you know hadn't probably hadn't been working for 24 hours and from what was a green surface within 24 hours fried. W- w- not necessarily fried but but it was certainly suffering and, yeah. and that made me realize how how um, how important it is Pe- people talk about the design and the design is really fundamental and i think the design is, is probably the most important bit of an irrigation system i would say that as a designer but 
also the installation is important. Mm-hmm. The yeah. installation and the right materials. So it's it, 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 it's 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 a team thing. It's every every bit needs to be done to get the right end product. So I can do the best design in the world, or we can do the best design in the world as a business, but if it's not installed properly and the wrong materials are used, it won't function properly. Yeah. What, what have you found? Uh, obviously, we talked about some of the water sources that you typically find in Britain, but I know when I've travelled to certain places, you find some more creative solutions um, to water. I, I think at Pasatiempo, I think they have they spent something like ten million dollars on a their own water treatment plant for desalination plant. Well, it's I think it's actually for grey water from a oh, nearby prison. Yum. Oh, God. <laughs> Which I thought was quite a creative That's solution. Good, um, well, in the Middle East, of course, we've done in the Middle East, often that will be uh, recycled effluent water. So yeah. that's often it is. Um, um, it can be, you know, we all know that the Middle East is expanding. I mean, I can remember the first, when I first went to Dubai, probably in the early 2000s, there, 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 there certainly wasn't the infrastructure. And, this, and the city was probably a, a fraction, probably, I don't know, 15% of what it is nowadays. That you know? takes a bit of glamour off the yeah. Dubai Desert it, Classic, doesn't yeah, it, when it, it does, watered it, by? It, 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 yeah, it does. <laughs> I, I still remember when I first went there, there was the Emirates and, and Dubai Creek. You know, they, they were the courses from, from memory, but I don't, someone will probably put me correct on that. But, but yeah, it's changed massively. But they use, they often use uh, recycled water. Mm-hmm. They'll use effluent and water. And that's uh, denoted by a purple head. On the, or is it brown? No, not no, not necessarily. They, they wouldn't necessarily. They it, wouldn't it, broadcast that. No, no. <laughs> it, 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 it'll be treated. It's treated. It's tertiary yes. treated. It's, it's it's not. You know, it, I wouldn't say it's drinkable. I think you, uh, surely you have to declare uh, if you if for example if you're on a oh nice socks Sam I've just noticed you've got a nice pair of socks on. <laughs> uh, if you go look at uh, in road verges in America, if it's uh, effluent water, is that the right word? Then well, it would be a purple head. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you so have to that's show right. someone. So, so purple can be used. about Yeah, purple can be used. Purple can be used. But but I, I often I'm I'm presuming they they must declare that to the membership or people playing the golf course. I don't I I don't know. But but you won't necessarily see a lot of well not that I've seen. You won't see a lot of purple heads around golf courses on the top of the head. W- what about um like I I'm going to maybe show they my should maybe they should be I've seen them on road edges maybe not on golf courses but yeah. Bledge is it um is it Paspalum that um is tolerant to uh, brackish kind of salt to in the sea is it salt yes I think so yeah if you were having a I don't know how diluted that has to be but it, but if you were having something you mentioned before you know if you have um water that isn't perfectly pure going through the system there it might sort of clog up heads and things like that if, w- would that be something that could potentially be problematic that you'd have to design into if it was more saline water flowing through a system um obviously especially so, in a very hot climate yeah so so um effluent water can have a high a higher higher salinity content and um, potentially than other sources of water so um and paspalum the, the the course i was involved with um a few years ago now which was a, a, a lather ball golf course in, in, in Doha called Education City. Um, they, they um, I believe, and again, I'm, I, again I don't, it's something you don't tend to get involved with actually, but I believe they use paspalum, and I think it's paspalum all over. A lot of that golf course is, is, is paspalum based um, because that's paspalum, again, the turf people are telling me better than I do, they, they're sort of um, the turf growers, but I believe it's more tolerant of a, 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 a salty sort of water source mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. But there are ways. So, so, so if you had a very high saline saline water source, 
And what you've got to be careful of, you do not want though that that level building up within the root zone because that can then obviously be toxic to the plants themselves. So what you sometimes have to do is you have to imply uh, what, what they call irrigate with a leaching fraction. So you have to work out an additional volume of water you're going to apply every day to keep to keep the water in the root zone mobile, and then, ah, and, then okay. and then it drain it slowly moves. So instead of being static, and then so it rather than it, being it's, just it's enough, moving through, it's moving it's through. constantly washed yeah, with, through. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like it's not like probably feel capacity, you know, something like that, but you will apply a frac an additional volume of water to keep that water mobile within the root zone. Keep mm -hmm. the I'm pretty sure the course that I visited in Turkey had a, a water treatment plant for uh, getting the salt out of yeah, I, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. You got to get I it mean, from somewhere. We were talking you? about brown across here. I, I I caught up with a course manager, uh, Lickia Links in Turkey, uh, near Belik, and he was saying, look, the people, the Americans come and play here. They want green. It's called Lickia Links. How can I make the golf course look more linksy? And the obvious question to that is, can I try and ease off the water a touch and brown out a little bit? But then it's not a chance. No, 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 not wouldn't, a chance. It needs to be green, otherwise people won't come. Uh, and it's difficult for them. That's very interesting. But as I say, you just put the system in, it's up to the course managers. Yeah, to it, it, yes, I mean, we, we would, you know, I was only in, in my class today, I was only talking about volumes of water used in, in, you know, and the differences in the volumes of water they would use in, the, in a system in the Middle East um, to what they would use in, in, in the British Isles. So off the top of your head, if I, at the height of my summer, I'm putting on 500 cube a night, and that was working up to the open, so we were trying to keep it keep it healthy and green so we could rain back. But that was keeping the course alive. How many cube a night would your uh, Arabian courses be putting on? Okay, well, that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> so you should know figures. the answer to this. I can <laughs> give the answer to that question. So so if you look at the some of the courses I've done in that part of the world, they could use anywhere between six and 7,000 cubic wow, metres a day. And Ledge, I'm guessing water. you're doing that for a few months. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're doing that for 365 days a year? Right. Yes, but of, of not, not those volumes, because the, there is, there is winter. They there is winter. There is actually seasonality, yes. So, but, they, but at peak, they can but, be using a lot, yeah, a lot, large quantities of water. And that's just one course. But, the, but my point is, in, the, in their dry periods, and a lot of these really arid places, they would still be using. Um, how long would their watering season typically be more like um, or, or, eight uh, or nine months or something like that? probably even uh, look that's probably not a question as far as my understanding is most of the year yeah. to, 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 to be fair so most of the year they, they, they will irrigate even in the winter they use a little bit of water um, you know significantly less because they do get it winter period it, it still might be 30 degrees out there in winter 32 <laughs> degrees rather than the 52 degrees that Adrian's been setting out sprinklers that's an extraordinary amount of water it's my yearly allowance in four days yeah to try and process yeah. that oh, uh, but but also they they you know they are nowadays using more moisture meters and that sort of stuff to limit their water and that sort of stuff. It's very it's very uh, and turf dependent and that sort of stuff. So I think um, you know as another thing I think whilst they're designed to apply that volume of water, the critical thing for people to understand doesn't mean they have to apply that volume of water. Yes, it's like an all you can eat buffet. It's a, it's not a challenge. Well, well, well exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've given you I've, I've given you you know I suppose that from a designer's point of view, you, you, you've given you've given them a tool to use. Doesn't mean they got to turn it on. <laughs> you know, and they got they haven't got to use it every day. They haven't got to irrigate all the greens and the fairways every day. You can use it as much as you want. Well, we've talked about some of the places you've travelled for work, Adrian. I know Bledges is itching to ask you about yes, the um, penguins and some of the places you travel for 
your passion of the great outdoors so talk to us a bit about that how did you get into uh, where where did that love come um, from and where my, my some parents places? my parents i started off um when I, I you know my both my parents were in education um and because of that we had long summer holidays we were lucky to have long summer holidays and and they believed i can remember we had a little little caravan little touring caravan and we used to just travel around. My dad, my dad would finish lecturing, and my mum we would we'd pack the caravan as kids, and we would just literally um, get off, and we'd head off to the north of Scotland, or we'd head into Europe. You know, I, I can remember, you know, I remember the days when I remember taking a taking a trip over the Channel, and then heading up, up heading up through sort of Belgium, you know, into Denmark and into into Germany, up through Denmark, and then up through Sweden, right on Sweden, and back to Norway. So that's basically I look back. You know, and as a child, you don't appreciate that, actually. No. You, you may think you do, but you don't appreciate it. It's only when you get older you think, actually. And the other thing as well, I've, I, the, the, you, know, you also, you don't, you, you, you may think your memory is going to remember everything, but your memory doesn't remember everything. You only remember little bits of it. Um, and I just wish, you know, you, you know, you sometimes wish you could remember more than you do. But so that's, that's the case for everybody, isn't it? I where suppose. are some of those northern Scotland places? Because that's somewhere I'm, I'm, you know, it's part of my favourite places okay, in so the we, world. Okay, we so we used to have, uh, we used to head up, so we used to have fr friends and family used to live in a place called Strontian, which is on the banks of Loch Sunart, and we used to head up there. So that's just um, sort of west of Fort William. And we used to we used to go out there and stay on a, on a little campsite. And my, my parents we we never you know we not we weren't one of the sort of people that would stay on an organised campsite with toilets and loos and what you know we would just go on a farmer's field you mm. know rock, rock up yeah. there on a farm rock up there on a farmer's field you know we'd know the people there there might be sheep in the field I, I can remember you'd 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 be wake up in the middle of the night and it'd be a, it'd be a tup or a ram bashing bashing <laughs> its <laughs> bashing its horns into the back of the caravan and stuff like that ball, yeah. uh, exactly and and funny enough my sister if she just ever listens to this she'll, she my sister this day will not go in a field with 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 sheep or cows because when she was younger she i think i think a ram at the time she she thinks she's a cow but we believe it was a ram looking back at actually tucked her and but butted her into that net this day it's in her head if mm. you go anywhere in the field she'll come and shimmer behind anybody i'm not surprised i'm not surprised <laughs> i've been i've been knocked out by a by a sheep once i don't know uh, <laughs> I, picked a, I picked a lamb up and then the next thing i remember waking up it came and it nutted just, you. just nutted me yeah, yeah. full well, on full but, on nut and I, you know and i think I did have a look. My, my my parents weren't flush with money, you know. They weren't that sort of society. But I look back and I had a very privileged upbringing. What we did, I, I was mm. very lucky. And and that, to answer your question, that's what stemmed my yeah. love for travel. And then you've gone further and, and further. And I've gone further and further. And and, and I fin I finished my degree, and I decided. I, obviously, I, I finished my degree, and I, and I I was lucky. I got offered full time employment with with with, with on the irrigation industry. But I am um, I. I wanted to travel, and that's when I, I think in 1997 I first went to Everest, uh, not to climb Everest, but to went to Everest Base Camp. I'd always wanted to see go Everest Base Camp, and you know, and I can remember I I, I went on a, on a very small organised trip. Um, these were in the days where you know um, planes into Lukla. Many of you know that you'll have heard of Lukla. I was going to say, yeah, is Lukla. that the one with the shortest that's the, the shortest, shortest runway? Right. That's right. So so you you could fly into Lukla those days, but it wasn't nowadays. It nowadays Lukla Airport has got a um, a tarmac. It's a tarmac runway, small tarmac, a very short runway, very but it's a tarmac posh. runway. Okay. But when I first went there, it wasn't. It was just a gravel runway, and you know, <laughs> and, and, and at, the, at the end of the runway was a wall. So, yeah, so, 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 so the pilot. Is that because you go off the cliff? No, the, no, no, no. It's just yeah. yeah that's, so, so, that's when you're taking off. Yeah. No, it's not, right. not taking off the cliff. It's so that so be so that if the plane goes too far, it doesn't, it doesn't take half the village out. It is true. <laughs> the right, truth. Okay. Of it. But 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 we so we couldn't get in the plane because of the wind. And I can always remember. 
I, we, we, we went on this trip and I, and I remember the night before um, we, you, you meet the people, you don't know who you're going to be with on some of these expeditions and uh, in Kathmandu and I'd never been to a place like that before. I mean, it, it, it was, if you want a place that's going to open your senses and open your mind, you need to get to Kathmandu. You can see why the 70s hippies loved Kathmandu. It's just a vibrant place, full, it's hustle and bustle, everything, everywhere. You know, do you want a rickshaw? Do you want this? Whatever. Um, and we went, we went for this meal and, and one of the gentlemen on the trip which I thought was very adventurous, decided to have guinea fowl. Now, bear in mind, you're in a, you're in a sort of third world, semi-third world country here, where dietary and cleanliness and cooking, maybe maybe back then, probably wasn't to the standards it was <laughs> in the UK. So, so, we had, so we had guinea fowl. And the following day, we, we, we were flying out. We were flying out to Lucla. And, 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 and I remember he actually, um, which we, 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 we couldn't get on a plane. So we were in this Russian Russian helicopter. And, and, and we had all our kit bags in front of us, okay? So, so you, you, had, you sat with your back to the small window. So it was like four of you on one side, four of you on the other, Russian helicopter, and all the bags. You, you couldn't see the person opposite. I couldn't see you both now, okay? And this gentleman sat next to me. can't remember his name this day, right? <laughs> the guinea fowl guy. Yeah, the yeah, guinea fowl guy, right? Guinea fowl guy. He sat next to me. And we were taking off, and all of a sudden, it was quite, it was quite hot, really hot. I don't know if you've ever been in those, those Russian, old-fashioned old Russian helicopters, really hot, really, really hot. Mm. In fact, you were sweating. And he said, "Can I borrow your cap?" Right. So, so, so I think you all know what's coming. So, so, so he said, "Can I borrow your cap?" I said, "I said why?" He said, "He said, he said my stomach doesn't feel very good." I said, "Right, okay." So he borrowed my cap, proceeded to empty the contents mm. of his stomach into it. So we're now partway to Lukla, okay, in this very hot Russian helicopter. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so, so unfortunately, gents. <laughs> And, and and that's one of the stories. That was my first story of heading into the mountains. And so did he it. borrow the cap or did you let him no, keep it? No, he, he kept the cap. <laughs> I, I never got the cap <laughs> so back. Brand new I, I never got the cap back. Cap. I never got the cap back. So would you, would you fancy a punt at climbing Everest? Because you're a no, very good mountain climber. No, I, 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 I'm not going to spend the sort of money they want for Everest. But do you no. think you could do it physically? What have you climbed? Because I, I, I don't think I could do it physically. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't want to come across arrogant. I could, yeah, climb, yeah. I, I could climb Everest. Yeah, I've well, got that, that, the, that, the, the mountaineering skills I've got. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, nowadays a lot of the a lot of the people would go up Everest. It it it's very much it's 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 on their bucket list. They want to climb Everest. Most of them wouldn't know what what a, what a, an ice axe is or a pair of crampons are mm. before they probably have to train for an expedition like that. But they've got six figures to spend on. Uh, their, absolutely on correct. Their thing. They've got the yeah, money. And, 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 and I, your body I, I don't personally want to. Nest, that that doesn't wouldn't tick a box for me. So what what have you climbed? Because I know what have I climbed? Um, so whoa. Snowden. Yeah, for numerous times. Criffle. Do you know what? That's a funny one, actually. I've never climbed Criffle. And, 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 and you talk about where we live in Norfolk, but we, we also live in the Lake District as well, like you know. So our house in the Lake District... Li- you know, So our house in the Lake District, you just literally leave the village and you can see Criffle. So I see Criffle yeah. when I'm when yeah, up so north. That's on your bucket list. That's I'll, I'll make that Criffle. happen. I'm off on Criffle, yeah. I, and I, and I go a few of us should climb that together, actually, because Sam does a bit of work at Southern Ness. Really? Well, you and, you and Jenny know that there's another hill near... Um, Near there that you used to climb, isn't there? What's the in uh, uh, in the Abbey, New Abbey, <laughs> Waterloo Monument? Waterloo is that is that the yes. one? Is that not a um, uh, is that not tall enough? Conquered to? that. Very good. 
I, 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 I wouldn't know. So Criffle is Criffle is don't laugh. Criffle is on my little list of wanting to do. And my wife will say we pass it all the time and go, We're not been up Criffle yet. We're not been up Criffle yet. Oh, yeah. but, 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 but unfortunately I can't it would be so quick if I could take a boat from where we are yeah, on the other side the other side of the solway. Straight it. straight across. Yeah. Off we go, off the boat. I'd, I'd be in I'd be half an hour rather than an hour and a half. For me as well. <laughs> yeah. But but um in all seriousness, this where have I climbed? Where have I climbed? Okay. I I've climbed on most continents. I I I I haven't done any mountaineering on Antarctica. Uh, uh, not yet. Uh, well, oh, maybe one to think. You and me both. Yeah. But 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 um, <laughs> but uh, I have been to South America. A lot of mountaineering in South America. I love South America. So I've I've climbed in the Andes. Well, again, when I was in my late twenties, I went to Bolivia. Climbed a couple of the highest mountains in Bolivia. One called Ilimani. Um, one called Pequeña Alpamea, which stands for Little Alpamea. Um, Alpamea being a beautiful fluted uh, peak in 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 that part of the world. In I think that's in Peru. I think I'll be said to be corrected. And um, a good friend of mine has climbed that. Um, and I've also been back to Ecuador. So I've spent time in Ecuador climbing some volcanoes in Ecuador. Wow. But I've also climbed the highest mountain in South America, which is called Aconcagua. Wow. Um, and that's that's me. where I got my taste for Malbec wine. Not whilst climbing. We, yeah. there, there's four of us did an expedition on our own, so we were, we were totally unsupported. We climbed the whole mountain unsupported. We were, we were carrying sixty kilo packs up and down Goodness this mountain, me. and that sort of stuff. Jesus, that's, that's amazing. And and you, you said about the the poles. So you you haven't climbed in. Um, no, I have. I I I you know. But you have been. You have travelled. Yeah, I have. To I travel. Yeah, I've been to. The, I've been to the Arctic. I've been an expedition to the Arctic. Um, I've we've been we've been up to a place called Svalbard. People might know it's Spitsbergen, and I've mm -hmm. been I've been further north and that sort of stuff. You avoided well, the polar bears. No, I've, yeah, I, we avoided the polar bears, but I've got some very. I like my photography, which, yeah, which, which James I, knows. I, 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 I love Adrian is a fantastic. I've never told you this, but Adrian is an incredible photographer, <laughs> and uh, he's got a, a great collection of king penguins and yeah. polar bears and all sorts of bird. Yeah, so, so when, when we when we went to when we went to on on expedition a, a, around um, Svalbard, we um, we basically travelled, you know, in an expedition boat and that sort of stuff, and we saw polar bears. Well, and then my favourite were actually walrus. Wal mm -hmm. wal walrus are great because you, 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 you go out in a zodiac boat; they'll take you out sometimes on some days, and you're going to go off to a, a land, and they take you on a zodiac. And 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 but walrus are really really inquisitive. So the, the smelly walrus absolutely stink. You can smell a wal you can smell a wal you smell a walrus probably they, half they a half a mile upstream. Yeah, yeah. But but in terms of inquisitiveness, they're brilliant. And and, and there's a story behind it as well. I can always remember I I was learning my photography a bit then, and and there's a gentleman there who was who 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 had all the gear. I mean, he had all the gear, every bit of gear he could want. And and I remember he had this lens and he wanted to get this perfect shot of a walrus. I'm looking at James now and he wanted this perfect headshot of the walrus, okay, which is great. And the walrus were probably five metres away from the boat, okay, great. But what he wanted, didn't know what was going to happen, this walrus, inquisitive walrus, decided to pop up right next to the boat, okay. <laughs> so obviously he, he's got his 400mm lens on this walrus <laughs> and, it's in, in, and instead of seeing the headshot, like I look at James now, it was actually focused in his, in, on the, probably the eye of the walrus. Well, well, this gentleman, I thought he was going to fall out of the boat because he went, ah, <laughs> fell back in the boat, dropped his camera everywhere as <laughs> his walrus went, oh, hello, and popped down again. mounted the boat. <laughs> oh, oh my <laughs> God, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, I think it, it would be kind of remiss to not discuss your dad before we finish the podcast. It's Dennis Mortram, uh, one of the uh, kind of most noticeable guys and notable guys in our industry. But everyone knows who Dennis is through 
Uh, he won a Lifetime Achievement Award two years ago at Harrogate. He did, yes, he did. Uh, very influential in starting the Master Greenkeeper, the Black mm -hmm. Book. Yeah, my, my, my dad was, has been a big influence on, on, on my, my career, really. My dad was an eccentric, still an eccentric to this day. Um, speaks his mind. Anyone who, who would listen to this, who was educated by him, dad, dad didn't suffer fools gladly, you mm -hmm. know, and... and uh, Dad would, dad would hit you be in the eye, between the eyes straight. That was my dad. Um, but yes, he, he, you know, he, he was a good golfer. So my dad, my dad was actually a, a, a county, a Lancashire County Colt. Played, played, played uh, around the courses around um, Blackpool. So your Fairhavens, your 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 Royal, your Royal Lithams, and he, Blackpool North Shore, whatever it was, those sort of courses. So he played a lot around there. Uh, and that passion in in for golf, he did a horticultural degree like myself. Or, or as he likes to tell me, he's got a master's degree. I've, mm. I've, I've, his son's only got the BSc, but I, he's mm. got the master's, you know, sort of stuff. Which <laughs> he he, me tell me. That, he does it? remind me about that. Yeah, he's the Anyhow, so he then went into, he went back into, he went to education and then he started off in horticulture. But because of his love of golf, he set up the sports turf department at the college in Nantwich, where he still lives today, a college called Reseith. And then from that, um, he did work for Bega. And, and basically was instrumental in the development of the Master Greenkeeper Certificate, which he examined for many, many years and probably stopped examining um, what, four or five years ago, five years ago now. Um, and he also wrote some of the Greenkeeper training manuals. He was in, he was worked for the GTC, um, or I say assisted them as an advisor for many, many years. And and I look, I owe, I, I owe a lot to my dad. You know, he's he he's you know he's he's he opened my he opened the door. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for him. Sounds yeah. like so do many people listening to, to this. That's quite some I know a lot of people yeah, achievements. Yeah. And I remember Dan Lightfoot is he's like absolute hero. He was uh he must have taught Dan. He did, and yeah. Then, uh, there's a lot of my, my Dan will always tell me about how, how much my, he loved my Dennis. Dad my dad there's a lot of people in this golf industry who my dad has taught or who had some um from from my dad. S s some of whom he probably Maybe he told them some home truths, which, but, <laughs> but it's been edged that, you know, there's not enough of that these days, if you ask me. There's too much. But, but, but in ed yes, I mean, dad and my father would not survive in education today. He, he wouldn't. <laughs> he, 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 he would be, he'd be in front of the HR department straight away, you know, to, for, for not, not, not because of uncouth language. My dad is the least uncouth person in the world, mm. but may, maybe some, sort of the way he may have. Slightly uh, direct. Uh, yeah, direct. Well, may have he would, he does, he wouldn't suffer snowflakes. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. But no. an incredibly proud moment for him to receive that award. And I remember how humble he was when he, when he got it as well you know yeah he was he, I, I think that's not dad that's that's not one for getting up one, in front of people no, yeah. but it's nagamanchetti as but, well that awarded him yeah so he's <laughs> yeah he but he, he in, and actually i think he said to me he was more nervous doing that than he was doing all the education sessions he's done for, mm, for, for, be, for throughout yeah, his yeah. life you know and that sort of stuff which um could be uh, you one day up there, Adrian, getting that. You'd be exactly. And he's a good fisherman. My people know my dad's a good salmon, and that's another passion of mine. We talk about mountaineering, but salmon fishing. I do quite through my dad. My dad's a very, very good salmon fly fisherman. So, so we spend quite a lot of time time um, up in time, Scotland, time Scotland doing that. that. Where, where, where did you go? Tay, Spain? No, my dad. Yeah, we fished. I fished all over with my dad. We, we, he fishes lot. Fish on the Tay at some of the lower beats on the Tay. Um, my dad's a very, very good. Um, um, caster, very, very good. Um, but, but he's also a good fisherman. But a, lot, a lot of people can cast, but there's a difference between being able to cast well and also fish well. And my dad's a very, very good, you know, so I was taught from probably the age of six or eight how to fly fish. And, and um, 
you know, whilst Dad's lost some of the power and 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 and, you know, and, and you probably know Dad's lost some of his eyesight now and that sort of stuff. So, but you can still cast a very good line because it's it's actually that it's actually the technique and something that's sort of ingrained in him. You don't necessarily you know need to see, you shouldn't have to look behind you where the fly line's going if you know yeah. what you're doing it's timing it's like it's like hitting a golf ball it's timing and it's technique and mm. and yeah so yeah so i've been on the tay we fish on the findorn we fish on the findorn quite a lot um you've been up the naver far on the naver it still fishes up there um so yeah we spend a lot of time in scotland but so all, all of this sort of um makes me wonder your uh, voracious love of travel and, and adventure and how busy you are adrian uh, what what does uh, very quickly? What does a year in the life of uh, Adrian Watchman look like? Do you basically say, right, so I'm going to take a month or a few weeks here, or do you have sacrosanct sorts of periods of time that you are going to be away from away from the business and indulging that I, passion? I I, um, I I try as an individual, and I'm lucky that I can do this. I'm self uh, self employed in my own business. I try to develop a, a good work-life balance, and I've always prided myself on that. Um, um, you know, people in the industry will laugh at me and say you're always on holiday. Now, that's not that's not necessarily true. You work it, hard, play hard. Don't you? Yeah, I do. You know, and 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 you, you know, a good example is literally in three days' time, I'm off to Japan. I'm going to Japan. Oh, for, wow. I'm going to Japan for three weeks uh, with me and my wife. We're going to travel around Japan, do some skiing. We're going. We're going to. You uh, a good skier. Uh, I, I, my Sarah is a great skier. Sarah's a great skier. Very, very, um, very, very, um, sort of, uh, um, uh, you know, what's the word? Um, she's sort of graceful skier. Very yeah. graceful skier. And I never, I couldn't ski really. I had been on skis a couple of times when I first met her. And uh, she was saying, "Want to go skiing? Want to go skiing?" And I was like, "I put it off and put it off." And I put it off because you're self-employed. You don't necessarily want to hurt yourself. And basically, got to the stage where she, well, I'm going skiing if you're not coming. So I thought, oh, okay, okay, that's fine. So, so, and in fairness, give her due. She's taught me to ski. I, I'm. She's the graceful skier. I'm the one that's not frightened of the angle of a slope. So I'll look down. You're a, more direct. I, I'll look down. A, I'll look down a slope and go. Yeah, I can get myself down that slope. It might not be the most <laughs> graceful. Whereas even friends we go with, they'll look down some of the steep slopes and go. That's a bit steep. So that doesn't necessarily bother me because my mountaining and my climbing and my rock yeah. climbing we do. But um, I just take it a little bit more careful touch wood i don't want to tempt fate because we're doing a bit of skiing in japan <laughs> uh, but, uh, adrian i think it's a really interesting thing because um y y you know that we all have our different little roles and lives within the golf industry and i know on your side pledge in the greenkeeping world it's a never-ending job mm -hmm. every single day you could be working and and i imagine that switching off and getting away from from the job must be incredibly difficult in the greenkeeping world I, I find on my side of things um th th that difficulty to actually draw a line and say no, no no i'm right i'm i'm on i'm on holiday now i'm on leave i'm going to take a complete break and and especially when you do have the great opportunity of traveling as part of your job and going to different places it's almost you you almost sort of feel like you're going away by going and visiting a far-flung client but of course you are working when you go there so you have always adrian tried to get that balance and and protect I, I, your free time yeah i have um there are times in our lives when i probably haven't done enough of it um but generally i do try to give myself the free time that i need um and and um you know 
and it's difficult when you when you when you when you got a small business you're in a small business it is difficult. and you're in massive the high demand yes i i, I think but i think i'm i think i'm honest with people it, you know I, I i don't if somebody says would you be able to help us i'll obviously say yes but then i'll say what's what's your what's your time frame what 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 time frame we're looking at and and i have been known if somebody said, "Well, we need you to start," then I'll say, "I'm sorry, I can't." And and I've 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 actually I know that the business has not no, we've maybe not carried forward with that project because of that. But and and when I was younger, I would look back and think, "Oh, maybe that was a bad decision." Um, but actually, in hindsight and reflection, that they weren't bad decisions because they gave Adrian time to do what 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 he wanted to do with his wife and and, and his family. So they also so, made your your business and your brand better because you weren't promising. D- uh, jobs that you can't actually deliver. Over promising and under uh, deliver. Yeah. The old uh, writing checks your body can't cash. Well, that's the nice way top of it. Now, well, I I think that's something that we could all probably learn to do a little bit more of of protecting our own time and and taking a bit of a bit of time away from the the job which can otherwise be all consuming. Mm. Uh, but I, I I know I also have I don't say reason but you know I was unfortunate to lose my mother when she was just six this year just before sixty first birthday, you know so so I I recognise the value that you know as, as life grows on us that actually no one no one's going to thank you for for working twenty four hours a day three hundred sixty five days of the year and, and and I think we would all agree that if 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 I was to sit here you know. I love my job. I'm very passionate. But if I was to talk to you about what things that interest me, I like the fact that I can remember. I, I, I talk more to my friends and, and, and even colleagues about actually what I do outside work than I do my work, you know. And I think travel brings memories. And you'd always talk about those memories. You'd always laugh about the beer you had with somebody doing this or that little joke. I said, not joke as a serious, about that gentleman, unfortunately, that emptied his contents into that guinea fowl man. In, 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 guinea fowl man, you know, and, and I've got loads of little stories like that that I've done on the on, on the past. There's loads of stories, you know. I've climbed all the Munros with a vet, good friend of mine. I finished them in, you know, in two in, in two thousand and seven, that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's not just the mountaineering side of things, but the fishing's important to me, and 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 actually spending time. I, I actually, you know, people may laugh, but I've actually started to become a bit of a bird watcher. I've actually got north north of the coast where we live is probably one of the best places in the country to go bird watching. So, so, so you can have a laugh about this. So, people laugh. I'm now even now even a bit starting to become a bit of a twitcher now and that sort of head. stuff. But, but that, but that's Adrian's. That's Adrian's slowing down plan when he probably hasn't got the energy to go up and down mountains. He can do a little little, little, little bit of twitching. Sam, I'll tell you about the t-shirt I bought on the other week. Yeah, my Christmas present from Bledge was a a North Norfolk digital t-shirt which will mean nothing unless you are an alan partridge <laughs> fan which we both are it's so you though it's it's i mean it just absolutely i hope you've brought it with you no i haven't actually oh, I, I might drive home and get it um but we, we think doing this podcast this is our source of pear tree productions yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our broadcasting so tell me uh, a little bit about succession planning with your business uh, how i mean you're obviously not going to do this forever are you have you had a good opportunity to take over when you did you say 29 when you uh, I was, uh, yes i did i i i said it i was uh, i had a, an opportunity that was presented to me uh, i was lucky to have opportunity very privileged and and you know but i recognize i'm not gonna 
do irrigation design for for for, for, well, for it sounds know. like you've got too many <laughs> more mountains and <laughs> birds to absolutely watch and I, i'm not i'm not going to be designing irrigation systems whether people want to hear this or not on the podcast when i'm 65 it ain't happening so so you know and 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 and, and I, I i turned 50 this year hence the reason we talked about we're talking about japan weren't we and the travel in japan and i've got all the oh, so that's I, that's about. yeah and i've got other expeditions i'm also off to bhutan as well later on in the year we should talk about that they are expeditions they're not holidays are they they're expeditions i'm actually we're actually going to do the 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 what the the hardest trek in the world in bhutan well where's where's that what's that where's bhutan no where's the hardest trek in the world it's it's called the snowman trek which 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 does more more passes over four and a half thousand meters than any other trek in the world it's it's a month it's a month (laughs) you're off your head it's a month it's a month with month with no month gents with no mobile phones no mobile phone reception i'm not gonna say anyhow so you asked about succession planning so yeah so you know i i was given opportunity when i was in you know my, my my mid to late 20s and and I want our industry to carry on. I, I want the irrigation design industry to carry on. And I believe I've luckily got an opportunity to, to help to work with somebody and, and give somebody else that opportunity. And that's what I want to do. And and as many people will know, I've, we've now got Timmy, Timmy Sethi on board. Um, and, you know, my aim and my goal is to present him, you know, to train him as an irrigation designer to ensure the longevity of our industry so a so, brilliant thing to do so yeah. so, mm-hmm. so 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 when so when adrian is when adrian is enjoying his mountaineering or maybe doing his bird watching what we talked about earlier or maybe a few more expeditions to antarctica you know t- t- I, I know to timmy touchwood timmy's in safe hands and that sort of and stuff you, you know you would continue to mentor him through that yeah i uh, yes absolutely 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 correct do absolutely. you see that in the same if, if you said that you took over and then employed uh, basically, you don't know how that's going to be. That That's business dynamics, isn't it? You know, um, but if I can, you know, he, he's so enthusiastic. He's, he's, he's excellent, you know, and, I, and I'm so lucky to have someone like him on board. And, and, and I know he'll make a very, very good irrigation designer because he's, he is particular, he's meticulous. He speaks well, he presents himself well. Um, and I can start that journey for him. But and as Robin did with myself, but you know, so I can start the walk, but he's going to have to walk the walk because yeah. Adrian's not can't be there forever. So, um, but if I can give him the opportunity, open some doors for him, working with 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 the with the people like South, working with the RNA, working with the Wargraves Commission, working with St Andrews, working with the Jockey Club, whatever the clients we have, then um, I will be very happy, very happy, and so I, I want to see him succeed, and he, and I believe he will succeed. So, well. where did Timmy come from? How did how did you know, we know how you got into the industry. Yeah. How did he find his so, way so, into so it? So Timmy, Timmy is, is originally from the southwest. Um, he's a greenkeeper. Yeah, he's, um, greenkeeper yeah. he's a greenkeeper. And then and I need, I need to get this right, but I hope I get it right, Timmy, if you listen to this. Um, he then went to Switzerland. He, he went over to Switzerland and he started working in Switzerland. And that's where he resides to this day um, with his wife and his young child now. And um, he started on a golf course there and moved around for different golf courses. And then be, I think probably started off as a, as a first assistant, I'm going to say, and then assistant greenkeeper, and, 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 then, and then finished off as, 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 as a deputy course manager in Switzerland. And he came to me, did my training course, and showed an interest. And we kept in communication. He then showed another interest. And I, I thought to myself, you know, this, this young man is keen, and, and we need somebody keen will have that passion hopefully that passion and i know he's got a passion that i've got to do well so that's basically how it is yeah. there's, there's a lot of work to go around and there's a there's not many irrigation designers i think there's what maybe four in the country four main companies yeah. possibly yeah something like that there was some in europe some in europe as well a few in europe and but 
as I mean, we're not talking golf courses. We're talking football pitches, rugby pitches, horse racing, tennis, yeah. polo. Yeah, anything. it's a good question because you mentioned the jockey club and you mentioned some of the others. So beyond golf, obviously golf is our our passion while we're talking about it. But um, do you have a, do you what are sort of some of the other things that you so, might find so yourself so working so on? We, we work, we do. Um, well, we've done we've done a lot of work with the jockey club. Have them for many many years. Had a client for many many years. So that could be Cheltenham, Aintree, Newmarket, Epsom. Um, we also um, the All England Club. Has been a I've been oh, a client okay. for over twenty years. So 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 Wimbledon. You know my my mother in law. We have a I've got the best mother in law in the world. But she always has a bit of a chuckle to herself because she, she the fact that her the, the, her son in law has been on centre court more times than probably lots of the players and and, and things like oh, that. So, so I pinch, so, No no I don't think more times than those guys. But I've been on centre court a few times <laughs> over the years. And 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 um you know I I can't we just said the War Ghost Commission and in fact yes. uh, they were a lot a few of them with me in my recent um two day sign course I've just done. Um, and they they've got cemeteries within fifty two countries of the world. So we advise them on Jeez, irrigation. Yeah, I thought that's made never yeah, thought, yeah, thought of yeah. that. Yeah, so, so but that must no, be the no, strangest no, place you, you design irrigation around. Then you can't not, be many stranger places than that. Yes, um, they're they're not all irrigated. So you need to understand that they're not all irrigated, and, and 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 a lot of them can be dry sites and that sort of stuff. And some of them can be very very small, just just the odd collection of of, of, of graves. But but obviously. Um, so they've got sites all over the Mediterranean and that sort of stuff. So, so that's, that's enabled me to travel. So I've traveled with them extensively in Italy, Greece, um, Egypt, Israel. Um, I've, I've, I've been um, Tunisia, uh, you know, and, 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 and assisting them with auditing and evaluating what they're doing so that they, as a business, are using water. Um, and conservation of water is important to them. Um, they're using it carefully and 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 understand the dynamics of irrigation. Yeah, that's me. That's so interesting. W- w- one one other thing that comes to mind is: Do you do any private stuff? Uh, you know, there's got to be. Uh, I always remember Jim Coxon saying uh, at BCME last year, I think it was, how everyone likes it when the um, when the public schools sort of come in because they're big buyers of of machinery and feed oh, and everything so, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'd never thought of thoughts of that but I, I i've got to think you know if you've got big turf areas there's got to be people and you know national trust yeah. kind of houses um, no not we, we we have done uh, th- uh places like that in the past um essentially we would look work look at irrigation or anything with natural turf uh, or, or any uh, landscapes as well um predominantly our business is is, is turf related and sports related um but um, you know, I, I can't think we, we we've done work for. I do we've done a lot of football, doing a lot of work with we've done work with FIFA and UEFA over the years and stuff. Like that, involved with uh, you know put, putting performance specifications together for the World Cup. World Cup Qatar is a good example, um, and um, you know working with other consultancies on that to form form a team, um, but not so much. Um, we have done when with with that working alongside those the other consultants we have worked at private schools so i've done work at, over i can't remember i've done work at harrow and places like that and you know i i, I don't, can't really name them i don't mean off the top of my head i can't remember where they are for honestly i've done, uh, it's just amazing I done hundreds of them but i've done different things like that yeah i have yeah try to remember the, the private school i went to i've got the tie <laughs> i met i met oh god radley Radley, oh, okay. Run, when you said you went to, you mean uh, you you popped I'm, along for I, uh, went, twenty minutes. Went to America on the Toro thing with the with the with the Radley uh, guy. 
He's a super, super bloke, and I gave him a pair of deal socks, and he gave me a Radley tie. Okay, you uh, should... And I wore, I wore it to a dinner once. And okay, was... I didn't know he went to Radley Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask. How many people did you fool? Loads. And uh, Scott Aitchison gave me a Dornock members tie, uh, which I wore to a dinner not long ago, and people, I didn't know you are a member of Royal Dornock Bledge. <laughs> Royal Dornock and Radley, that's me. Lots that, of things you don't know about that, Bledge. That's the same as myself. I, I, I've got a, a Lord's tie. That, that when we, when You've we got a great stash yeah, of stuff. You yeah, used yeah. to turn up with different yeah, hats so, so all the time. I, and, and a lot Actually, in the industry now, that's another thing I've noticed as well. We, we, people do dress more casually than they used to, don't they? You know, so so more the ties are are less worn by society. Yeah, I think. I think so. really. Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. I like badger that. ties. Yeah, have you? Yeah, Sam <laughs> invested in some budget ties. So, so yes, I have one of those when we work, when we did the work at Lords and that sort of stuff. And sometimes you wear that, and people will, will pick up, will pick up on. on it's amazing on the, the things that people notice, isn't it? It, it is. Know? It is very noticeable. You don't realise. You'll be careful and stuff. And I suppose I have to be careful sometimes with the, with the tops you put on in the golfing world because you know some people will say, "Oh, you're wearing that," and next minute you, you get thrown a top from where you're at. Yeah, that's, <laughs> and, that's, that's and, you fishing and, for, and, for no, gear. Not, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Because and my wife Sarah will say to me, "I've got I've got a wardrobe." full of different tops he'd <laughs> nah, always turn up at deal wearing a Royal St George's hat knowing fine well we'd have to buy him a deal hat yeah and, and short socks <laughs> and, and like we end up kitting him out in a full set of waterproofs and everything quite right but <laughs> quite right excellent well that's a, a scoop I think that um, we have we have Adrian's sort of succession planning he's going to be spending more time on a on a mountain is that a good <laughs> nice to hear Good and point fishing, to, and fishing and fishing. fishing. So is that a yeah, good point well to um Thank you. to say, Adrian, thanks so much for taking the time and, and coming on the it's podcast a pleasure. Again. Abs- an absolute pleasure to spend time with you both That's of you. Pleasure. We, we hope to hear your stories about Japan when you come back and one of my favourite guys in the industry, Adrian. Always got time for everyone. Thank you. Always uh, phoning up with uh asking about the family and stuff and uh, I know you're you're very Ditto, 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 and, ditto. And we're delighted you could come on. And, thank you, ditto. Uh, thanks for sharing your story with us. No problem. Thank you, Adrian. You're more than welcome. It's been a pleasure.